When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Rashford, he's in here. He scores! Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. Thank you. And it's a lad from Manchester who scored. Only chance in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Hello and welcome to another episode of Mugger. Uh, last week's episode, Elijah said, "Welcome to another episode of Touchline Fracker." That that cracked me up. So happens when you let you let the the, the youngers run the pod; they run riot, man. <laughs> uh, we're joined this week by uh, regular Stevie Sebi. How you doing, lads? Good, I'm good. Yeah, man. It's it's, it's it's barring the one mishap. It's not a bad time to be a Man United fan, right? Hey, man. Let's 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 keep it steady. Let's not do too much. Let's not do too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it because the ops are listening. Uh, yeah, I know the ops it. are listening, so we're, yeah. we're gonna keep it steady. We're just proud and passionate. humble, yeah, proud and passionate. Uh, we're also joined by uh, it's been a minute, Reams. What are you saying, bro? I'm good, man. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. You know, things ain't things ain't all doom and gloom this time, so yeah, yeah, yeah. For the ops listening, yeah, the things yeah. ain't all doom and gloom. Um, for well, those I, of you, you see, um. You see who crawls out of the woodworks when when the good times are rolling, innit? Yeah. <laughs> I, I I came on here just so I could that's some rush, Rashford propaganda on your head tops. See, you're loud, you're loud, you're loud when when things are bad. Yeah. Right, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I heard Stevie speak for about four weeks in that chat, bro. He don't remember Rashford playing football anymore, 
I'm not gonna lie. When Rashford scored, I was in uh, I was in Ocean Beach running up and down the place screaming at the phone my son. <laughs> disgusting, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll hear from Stevie firsthand, boy. Um, before I start and get into the main meat of the podcast, I wanted to just firstly shout out everyone who came to the live show. Belushi's at London Bridge. It was absolutely immense. Obviously, that was a lovely 3-1 win for us over Arsenal, so hold that. Touch of Gunas, hold out all the Arsenal fans in the building. But for those of you Moga faithful who came through, love. Um, with that being said, let's get into it. The, the first game after the Arsenal game, uh, we proceed to lose 1-0 to Real Sociedad in the Europa League. Um, so, guys, I'll start with you, Reams, as you're the guest. Was that a bit of a uh, coming back down to earth or looking back at the game, did you feel like it was one of those games that if we played that 10 times, we'd probably get a more positive result the other nine times? Me personally, that's that, that that result was a nil-nil if you ask me. Because the goal they scored wasn't that the goal they scored wasn't real. Like that's a scandalous decision. I think I'll even even the ops will look at that decision and be like, that's a scandalous decision. But with that being said, we played 90 minutes against Real Sociedad. We had what one shot on target. I think what it showed us is and I don't think we played terribly. I think like like say like the approach play from like the even with like the gay and goal from like building from the back, especially when Lisandro Martinez came on, Christian Eriksen in the first half, we we played good stuff to like progress the ball through the phases better than we usually do. Is once we got into the final third, the quality in the final third was so bad. Like our most dangerous player in that game was Anthony Elanga, and and that's scary to say, man. And he he pretty much epitomized what it was because he 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 do something like dynamic explosive, get into a good position and then he just lacks quality. So the final execution, the final pass, the final cross, the final action that's actually going to provide the goal just wasn't there all game. So like I wasn't mad at the approach play. I think like Casemiro, he, he progressed the ball quite well from midfield, even though he had a few passes that he didn't get right. But like he's it's the first time since that carrot that I've seen a number six at United want to get the ball forward every time he gets it. Like even if, even if the pass didn't come off, he was always trying to be progressive with it. It's that mentality, isn't it? It's just yeah. wanting to progress to play and take us further up the pitch. So man. I think there was some. I think like I feel like we was the. I feel like we was the better team, but I don't feel like I could come away from that game saying we we done enough to say we were the deserved. We deserve to win that game. You know what I mean? But we definitely mm. deserve to lose. We didn't deserve to lose. Yeah. So that didn't have a chance. That penalty wasn't a penalty. So like crazy. Yeah, we, was, we needed it was a weird like. Game. Yeah, we've been having it good for the last few weeks. I think we just needed a little, little like Seb said, humble. We're humble. We're proud and Interesting, passionate. We're interesting just... thing about that game, Morale. That's the first game since our win streak that we've gone behind. Mm. We've taken the lead in all the games we've won so far. Like, and I so was, you're I saying was... the team, the team ain't got that dog in them? No, I'm not saying that. I was, I was curious to see how we look when we go behind. Like, and towards the, the game, kind of just like filtered out. We didn't ever really look like we was gonna score. Like, not really. Like, I kind of. Yeah. I can't remember an occasion where we looked like, yeah, like we're peppering them now. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe yeah, the last five minutes we, we 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 had them pinned back, but we didn't really create anything. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's very hard because Ronaldo like looks laboured now. Uh, and he got into positions where it's like, he's it seems like he's losing a lot, uh, half a yard a game. Like he got into positions where you expect him to pull the trigger and he's cutting back and getting blocked out by defenders. He was defender. involved a lot. He was involved yeah. a lot. And not quite meeting headers and stuff like that. So he was he was playing for Sociedad still. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it felt like in a lot of uh, areas he was close, but not close enough. 
um, which is worrying because I thought he'd probably... I was expecting him to fill his boots and get a goal or two. Spanish opposition, you know, he hasn't scored a goal yet. And I mean, he, he, had the, like he, had the, he had the offside goal, which was a good header, but there was a yeah. chance in, early in the second half, Bruno Fernandes put in a great cross. And like, that's me and drink for Ronaldo, you know what I mean? Like, mm. I mean, it seemed like he was a step slow. He didn't time it. He didn't really... Yeah. It was a good chance, like, you know what I mean? It didn't look like a good chance because he fluffed it, but like... Yeah, yeah, it was a... Uh... It was an you've, seen him score that goal 50, you've seen him score that goal 100, 200 times over the last decade or so. So, Honestly, yeah. and if he can't get those goals, then I don't know what we've really got for him at this point, right? Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about the kind of the decisions Ten Hag made in terms of the lineup. I wanted to... So we had that double pivot of Ericsson and Casemiro with Fred ahead of them. Is that him, and I'm opening this up to everybody, is that Ten Hag admitting that he doesn't think that these guys can progress the ball well enough if uh, Ericsson's in that double pivot. Or I just don't understand the threads. Uh, yeah, confused me. Yeah, the, the, I feel oh, like there's a couple of reasons why he's done that. Oh, so do you want to go, Seb? No, 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 go, 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 go. I, I feel like there's a few reasons why he's done that. Obviously, we know Ten Hag likes counter-pressing, pressing from the front. Mm-hmm. Um, Being a being aggressive pressing from the front. And Fred is probably like one of the best pressers, ball winners we have. And Ronaldo's probably one of the worst. So I think he wanted mm. Fred as high up the pitch as possible to press their number sixes, press their centre back, because they he knew Ronaldo wasn't really going to do that work. And second of all, he's basically let us know that Ericsson is is his deep progressor now. That's the guy that he's relying on to build our play from deep, and he's going to use him like a bar of soap and run him into the ground. So like he wanted Frankie Dion for that he's profile. That terminology loosely, boy. He wasn't able to get him. So Ericsson is the guy that he's now earmarked for that role. And I think we're going to be seeing a lot of Christian Ericsson this season, a lot more than we all expected to see, because I don't think there's anyone else. And he's and he's adapted to that role really well, because I don't feel like there's a natural yeah. role for him. I still I feel he's like a final third midfielder, but like his IQ, his ability to pass the ball off both feet, insane. I don't think he's the most press-resistant midfielder. Like if he presses, no. he's still... But when when he can find pockets of space and he can really pass the ball, so I feel like Ten Hag is really counting on him to be that guy first this season. So yeah, I think that's the reason he made those decisions. Yeah, he, he has to because I think when you look at the profile of the other midfielders, nobody's really able to replicate that sort of uh, ability and that sort of thinking, that sort of technical security while still being able to create chances and get other players into positions for them to be um, effective. What I've been so impressed about is that his actual work rate has been insane. I think, it, I think they said he's, he's covered the most ground first this season. No, I'm worried. I'm worried for him. I was sl- a little bit um, surprised to see him start on Thursday, um, but then I thought the the actual game being missed on uh, Sunday, the game against Crystal Palace, that would have been a game, by the way. Uh, the game against Crystal Palace, he needed that rest. My guy needed he needed a, a few extra days off. Seb, you're just going to give your thoughts on the on the kind of not just the midfield pairing. I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on how you thought the team. Did the guys who came off the bench, so the Garnachos of this world, um, how you thought they did as well? Yeah, man, I think um, just as like Reem said, just on a Fred thing, I totally agree exactly what I was going to say. Um, Fred's got that energy to win the ball up high. I also feel like, I know, on like on again, those days with Fred, it's like 50 50. He is like quite good in the final third, whether it's those like little chip balls or those reverse passes. He does try to do something. But again, when you get days like the Real Sociedad um, game, um, 
yeah, you show you show why he's not really uh, probably like a mainstay in this team. Um, as as far as like the whole team goes, I thought like we we done okay. When there's uh, you know wholesale changes into the team, naturally the way that we play, um, the way how the team builds up is going to be very different. Um, the the like continuity, obviously, that goes out the window, and it's all up to like players that haven't been playing the game to to actually raise their level and, and make a, a mainstay for 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 the team. But I don't think like anybody did that, um, and it's so interesting um, when Ericsson kind of left. Um, do you know what? Let me actually be quite positive because you know that like, United games I've seen previously when we have made wholesale changes. It's literally been dire, as in it's been hell. Like it, it looks like hell. Whereas this didn't look like hell. It just looked like we didn't. Ollie, Ollie was, was terrified to make. Yeah, he didn't trust We're, anyone like, outside of his out of his primary. Well, was outside of his guard. When it happened, <laughs> it looked disgusting. But mm. so when I look at this game, I'm like. It doesn't look disgusting, but we just don't look like a top team. We don't look like we're going to score, right? But Agreed. so it's a positive in a way where it's not horrible because so you can see that there's actually the process is working. It's just yeah, the, the process is there's, there's something there, but obviously the, the the quality of the players on the pitch, um, they 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 obviously just weren't there, and um, you know, it's it's super interesting. I look at that attack, and it's um, it, you know, in in summer. Um, you know, like everybody was like, "Oh, like who gets into the attack? Where's everybody? Where everybody gonna play?" I feel like Sancho and and um, Jay Balvin, they're quite similar, bro. They both want the ball to <laughs> Jay Balvin, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they both they both want the ball to feet. It's like it's not a, it's not aggressive enough. They they stop the ball in motion. But you know, even with even with Anthony though, Seb, like yeah. there was a couple. Flashes where like he showed a little bit of like he can. yeah he can dynamism and I've got faith in him I, and I feel like something. I feel like sometimes really you got faith when, in him when, yeah? when these men yeah. get the ball I just think go just go just go. try go don't Make slow it down happen. don't stop don't stop the ball and then try because you haven't the got couple that times he ball. tried it he turned yeah. his guy like he you know what I mean he won fouls like you know what I mean just yeah don't be passive like yeah, yeah. yeah they haven't got that natural electric pace. Uh, whereas Anthony's, I feel like he's a little bit faster than Sancho. I'm not too sure, but they ain't got that electric pace. So when use the momentum of the ball and go and be direct and be aggressive. You don't have to be fast. You just need to be aggressive. And I think that's obviously something that's missing. But again, um, I, I believe in like Ten Hag as a coach. And I feel like, you know, those two, hopefully when it comes to, you know, January, February, they're, they're a bit more aggressive on the ball and we're playing a bit better. I think Maguire, poor, his record, three games he started, three games we've lost. Um, so, you know, that 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 obviously speaks for itself. Um, he's so, so like, scary, he, man. He actually he, he, he's, 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 a, he's a scary you. Lindelof, uh, Lindelof is my, my, my preferred out of Maguire and Lindelof. Obviously, he come off for um, Martinez and Martinez yeah, Lindelof, again. Lindelof went right back. Yeah, Lind oh yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, Lindelof went right back. Um, he didn't look too bad. He didn't look too bad. He didn't look too bad. He <laughs> bad. You look scared on Wan-Bissaka there, I'm not going to lie. I was about to say, so what does that like mean for Wan-Bissaka? Because Lindelof didn't <laughs> look too bad, you know, there, so... <laughs> I mean, I'm interested to see, see to see how that that obviously progresses. Obviously, Martinez comes on class act. People felt like I, I, there was mixed reviews on Casemiro, but like um, what was pointed out earlier is 
every time we got the ball, was looking for a forward pass. Got got moved to a couple of times, but natural, everybody gets moved to. Um, but I, I felt like he was positive, man. Very, very positive. And, and the, the best thing that I, I, I see in regards to this Man United team is you can look at all of the players while we're playing and you can say, all right, cool. There's clear upgrades here. We need a keeper. If we're a keeper, we can play this way. Oh, we might need a backup left back. If we need a backup left, okay, we play this way. We we probably need um, a, a number six. Ericsson can't play. Um, sorry, uh, we need a box box. Ericsson can't play every single game, especially next year or even like this year, you know. So, all right, cool. Can we upgrade or can we help Ericsson? All right, ideally, we want probably like a centre forward. So you can like start to see the positions where we need upgrades and how good the team can be if we do got to get those upgrades. Yeah, so it feels like there's... I know it's only been about six, seven games, but it already feels like we're starting to see what he's trying to do with them, right? We're starting to see the players that don't really fit into what he's trying to achieve. We're starting to see the players who, they may not have it, but there might be a little extra gear that he might be able to get out of them. I think I was reading a thing earlier that he was doing some weak, weaker foot training with some of the guys, uh, and Luke Shaw, <laughs> Luke Shaw was in there. Of fucking course he was in there. Um, so it looks like he's able to really break down a player's attributes and who has what I need, who, do, who doesn't have what I need, where the areas they can be improved on. But I also think that if you don't have what he needs, he's not going to hesitate to not play you. Because I thought one Basaka would get a cheeky little run out. But it seems like... He, he's been training. He's been training. Yeah. Like yeah, I don't think he's interested in him at all, to be honest with you. And I didn't even know... Um, I was watching the game. I watched it back, but it was like in the background. I didn't notice it was Lindelof that went to right back. Um Obviously, Lindelof's got a bit of passing range on him. He's more comfortable in possession. Um, so, that, yeah, that spells, yeah, probably the end of Wambasaka, uh, barring any injuries, um, to be honest with you. Stevie, you've been quiet. What did you think about the game? Um, I think the boys, I think the boys covered it. I think the, the, the thing that probably I took out that hasn't been mentioned is. Um, yeah, so we, we didn't play terribly, but I didn't ever feel like we were threatening enough. I think Sociedad are the best team in that group, right? But I think if you look at our squad, that doesn't seem to be like that team that we played on um, on Thursday doesn't seem to be a squad that would be able to or a team that would be able to go massively far in the Europa League, which seems to me like we're going to have to end up playing like pretty strong teams in the Europa League if we want to go far in the competition. And I think with um, with the state of the Premier League and obviously the number of strong teams in there, we actually have to take the Europa League seriously. Mm. Um, so I just got concerns around our squad, maybe not the depth, but the quality um, within the squad. And I feel like... That's what we saw in Ericsson playing. That's what we saw in Dallow playing because although we can take some players out and obviously Martinez even came on, um, there's only a X amount of players you can take out without like throwing the game completely. And basically, mm-hmm. Ten Hag has to play a few of those in every game and Ericsson is already like stretched as, as it is. So <laughs> I, I don't know how that's going to work over the course of the season. Um, yeah one or two injuries could really derail us. That's that's really what, what I took out of it because now we're already three points behind. You don't want to finish second in that group because 
then you have to go into the last 32. If you finish top, you just go straight into the last 16. So is that what they do now? Wow. Yeah. yeah, for this season, you, anything, you, bro. You, you play the third place. Of, <laughs> they um, they got to spice it up every year somehow to keep 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 people watching in it. Yeah, so, damn. Uh, fair enough, man. Yeah, so but I think there's I think there's less teams in the group this year, right? There's there's four in our in our group. Well, I think. It used to be. I'll be honest. I know nothing. No, there's about four. The there's four in the groups every year. You <laughs> sure about that? No, no, no. I might need of course, to there is. That. There's four teams. You play them twice. Six games. Boy, yeah, 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 not, not my stage. Like CR. <laughs> <laughs> Don't understand the competition. Um, you make a good point in regards to the player rotation. I think with a team like Sociedad, who has such kind of, they have an experienced team. I can see why he goes with a really strong team. I don't know how he would have looked against Crystal Palace. I feel like Ericsson is almost irreplaceable in this team now. So I was super, super shocked to see him. So it feels, I know we'll probably regret this come October, but Ericsson actually getting a rest um, felt pretty good. But we've got Sheriff this week. Um, and I think we'll see maybe a few of the younger guys. I don't know. What, what are you guys' thoughts? A bit of uh, Zidane, Iqbal, Fidel, Reims. I think he has to play a strong team <laughs> because we're not, we're not like, no, Yeah, sorry. Let I me think, let you get I, your digging. I think, I think you like, get your like the game, the game we just played is the toughest team we're going to play in this group. So maybe we could afford to play some weaker teams against the other teams. But I feel like Ten Hag isn't a very like. I don't feel like he's a very experimental guy. I feel like he's very decisive in what he does. Like he started the season trying to play his philosophy, his style. It wasn't working with the players. And he quickly went to a more pragmatic style and he's stuck with it since. So I feel like he's not going to want to go to the young players while we don't have any points on the board. You get me? Yeah. So I feel like if you beat... I think I think we might play... I think we play Sheriff and we play Ammonia twice. I think if we beat Sheriff, mm. beat Ammonia, then maybe for that second Ammonia game, he'll start running some of the young bucks. But for now, while we actually need to win points, we have to progress. And actually, because of the league that we're in, we actually have to really have an eye on trying to win this and get yeah. into the Champions League via I think with, um, with the two games postponed as well, right? It, it then also means like you've got to keep your players 100%. fresh. You? What so, you're saying? So Rash is back in, uh, Sancho's yeah, I, back in. I don't uh, see why not. If we need to, to adapt to his style, I mean, this is the perfect breeding ground, right? It's like almost a lesser competition than. In the Premier League, you gotta play mm. your 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 um your first eleven. Hopefully, they don't get any injuries. Yeah, we're we're trying to see some of those uh, first or second preseason game performances in the Europa. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Listen, they, they, he had he had the chat thinking you know, uh the, the 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 Busby babes are back, man. Um, that's what that's what annoyed me about that defeat because I think if we had if we'd picked three points up against Sociedad. Mm. Then it changes the dynamic of how we have to play the rest of the now, game. Now the next game is see, must win. Yeah. yeah, you might see a young Zidane, um, Zidane cameo in the fourth game or something. Now we're, we're gonna. I see. feel like I feel like it's really interesting. He put Charlie McNeil on. I guess he's chasing a goal. Yeah, yeah, but I love that he but, come on, man. That's my boy. You know what I'm saying? I have a sucker, yeah, for young strikers, bro. That's that. that that's like my favorite thing when a young striker comes on and plays. Bro, so like I mean, I'm super surprised that he actually come on, and hopefully, you know, he can start to get some minutes, man. You yeah. got a thing for Elanga as well. I said strikers, bro. Okay. <laughs> forwards not included, now. Cool. Nah, um, no, not all forwards are not the same, bro. <laughs> not all forwards. <laughs> not cool, all forwards so, are equal. 
not all forwards are equal. So obviously anyone who listens to um this pod will know that Seb uh, and Stevie have a, a long running back and forth based mainly on Marcus Rashford, to be honest. And Seb obviously being the person who's held down Rashford and Stevie basically has no time for anybody who's not giving him something. <laughs> You're on mute, bro. Rashford started the season well. Um, he's grabbed three goals um, in his six games. Big, big goals Two and dimes. big games. Two dimes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and two oh, and two dimes as well on top of that. Yeah, um, so I'm gonna come across first to you, Stevie, to get your thoughts because back end of last season you were absolutely done with Marcus Rashford. Um, so firstly, what are your thoughts of how, on how he started this season? Um, first of all, can I say that Rashford is a big game player? You know, if 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 there's anything I've got to give to him, yeah, if I look at uh, the course of time since he broke into the team. Until today, I don't know if it's because of the style of play we have against the um, the top six, and we tend to counter a bit more. But big games, he's come up trumps. So for that, Marcus Rashford, I salute you and credit to him. Um, he's performing better. What I would say is that I'm reluctant to say, and I've seen this in the media. Like people like our oh, Rashford's back to his best and and so on and so forth. I'm reluctant to say that because I personally I don't feel like his in-game performances have suggested that this is a player who's back to his peak form. Um I think he's capitalized well on the opportunities he got. But also if I look at if I look at the Arsenal game, it's not me trying to take away from that goal, but the goal he broke away. I still see some of his deficiencies there. So he kind of didn't take the first touch the way I would have liked him to take it. And um, he didn't really finish it with a plum as a result of that. Obviously, got the deflection. But you got to get the goal in it. And he's got the goals. He's the yeah. one who's who's driven us to the position we're in today, isn't it? So Marcus Rashford. The man just yeah. pick his goal. Marcus Rashford. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you're done. a superhero. Like, that was special. That was special. Bravo! That was incredible. That was incredible. I didn't, I didn't know where you was going with that, but you took it somewhere right. special. I love that. That's hilarious. <laughs> Steve is insane. Cool. So I'm gonna. So obviously, in the in the, in the blue side, we've got Seb. Um, but I believe Reams is also a card-carrying member of the Rush Rashford fan club. So I'm going to start with you, Seb. And if there's anything off the back of what Seb says that you want to add on top of that, Reams, give me your thoughts. So, Seb, how do you feel Rashford has started? It's a bit of a debate in the, the chat at the moment in terms of how we get the best use out of Marcus Rashford. So we'd be interested to get your thoughts on how the season started, hearing that he's going to be called up to the England team. So your boy potentially going to the World Cup. Boy, what can we say? Yeah, man, I think... Um... I don't know. I feel like people are looking at this from like one view, which is I understand, isn't it? People have seen Rashford play on the left, get the ball to feet and do like different stuff, right? So whether that's like taking on players and, and being like super exciting, but there's also another thing is like simplifying your game. So even if you feel like, uh, who knows, like even if you feel like some things are still not clicking 100%, how can I simplify my game? Right. And what we're seeing is him simplifying his game, 
doing what he does best, which is being on the last shoulder or being very creative with his runs and being a, or forcing chances, right? So it's you know if those runs don't happen, those goals don't happen. Don't, those goals don't happen. It's about like forcing chances, and there's even been times in the other games where he's made those those, those runs and um, they they haven't come to him. So I feel like the best way to get back into the form or the the perceived player that people think you can be is simplifying the game. And I think last season he wasn't simplifying it. Um, also on top of that, he had like Ralph playing him on the right. Um, the side of the whole team was kind of shot. So mentally, I just don't think it was there. I feel like right now, I feel like Ten Hag's giving him the confidence to say, "All right, cool, you're you're gonna be my guy." Yeah, out of all the forwards that we have, you have a skill set that nobody else has. So whether that's like your pace and your off the rule, off the ball runs, nobody has that. Like your intensity, nobody really has that. And you can actually beat a player. Um, and nobody, nobody else has that. So it looks like he's gonna actually be uh, a mainstay in the team. And I just think he's he's done well. I thought that the Liverpool game was a bit more of the old Mac Marcus Rashford, should be say, with a few like dribbles, taking on a few players and stuff like that. But I'm just he, uh, you know, if you want to score goals, and I feel like from the media, and I'm hearing that's like the that I'm hearing that's the thing. If you want to score goals and if you want to get those numbers, then you have to simplify the game and you have to be you have to be willing to make those runs that he's making. Like I look at like Sun and I look at like Kane, I look at majority of Sun's goals, it was like him just running like and and him being found and whether it's he's got one man to be and he's scoring or whether it's a tap in or whether it's like you know he's made a great run and he's one on one that's how you you're able to hit those numbers i don't think you're going to be able to hit those numbers if you're getting the ball um you know between you're you're, you're getting the ball near the halfway line uefa champions league football is streaming on paramount plus 9 months of heart stopping hold your breath exhilaration is underway with the biggest stars, top teams and craziest fan bases across Europe. Watch every game from the group stage through the knockout rounds as Benzema and Real Madrid defend their title against Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, PSG, Barcelona and more in football's biggest club competition. So don't miss a single sweat-soaked second of regulation time, stoppage time and extra time and stream every match of the UEFA Champions League live exclusively on Paramount Plus. And then you're trying to do tricks and I think that's what people want. I, I'm not on that. If you, it's, it's a numbers game now and I think he kind of knows that and that's why maybe he might be asking to play up front, which is what the media is saying. We don't know if that's like 100% or not, but we see that the media is saying that he, he's saying that he wants to play up front and Ten Hag thinks um, he can score 20 goals. I don't know if that's in the league or, or all comps, but... That's like the, the 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 talk now is that it's goals and it's about numbers. So yeah, if he just continues to do that, that's a good season for me. Do you want him to play nine? <sighs> yeah, I feel like he's the best we have currently. I um, feel like I feel like Martial is like a better player in regards to when he plays nine. I think he's a better footballer, but that's like not conducive. Like you know, you get a you get a kind of Roberto Firmino situation where I think in his like the first two seasons where I feel like if Martial plays nine, I don't think he scores goals. I feel like he can definitely set up goals. I feel like he's gonna be sick at linking the play, but I don't think he's gonna score goals. Funny enough, I think if Rashford plays like I, I feel like they should play as a pair. 
because I feel like it'll be perfect if they play as a pair. But I feel like Rashford will score more goals than Martial just through nature of just being greedy and being able to just run and being into being be intense. But you get like a different marks Rashford if you put him on the left. But yeah, I, I prefer him to play nine, in my opinion. Come, really? Yeah. How, how are you feeling about how Rashford has, has started the season? I feel like I feel like at this point. I know what kind of player Marcus Rashford is. I've seen enough of him. I've seen his strengths, his weaknesses, his flaws. I've seen the type of games he excels in, the type of games he struggles in. And I feel like the best version of Mar- of Marcus Rashford we've seen is when he was playing on the left. And he was still he was still pretty much playing as a striker. But like it's when he was playing as a left and he had Martial as a centre forward as someone that could he could connect with. And Martial mm-hmm. provided them two kind of complement each other because each other's strengths are the other's weaknesses. Martial's not as dynamic. He can't run in behind. His movement isn't great. But his ball control is quality. He can hold it up. He's strong physically. He could make it stick. Rashford isn't good at any of that stuff, but he's a dynamic threat all game. Even when he's playing bad, he's still a threat. And that's that's what Sebi basically is criticising Martial of. Like, he's a great technical footballer. He can link stuff together, glue stuff together, but... Our defenders ever worry about him worrying about him in the box? Mm. Our defenders ever worrying about him if the, when defenders push up high, they're worrying about Martial running in behind. They're not, but they have to worry about Rashford. Mm. If the ball comes up to Rashford with his ball to goal, if the defender gives Rashford a little nudge in his back, they know he's losing it. Martial's making that stick. You get what I'm saying? So I kind of feel like they do need to play to it. I, I like Martial and I like Rashford on the left because if you if you just go look through like. A, col- a compilation of Marcus Rashford's best goals and see how many times he makes that outside to inside run from the left channel. Look how many goals he scored from that. I bet I guarantee it's like 30. Like that's his that's his run, that's his position. And when he gets the ball, when he gets the ball to feet out in them wide areas, he can look after it a little bit better. If he loses it, he's not losing it in an area where like as soon as he loses it, we're getting counter-attacked. You know what I mean? Like I don't mind him losing it high wide to the left, but like him trying to drop deep and hold it up and it's shanking mm. his first touch. They're going back the other way, running right back at our, our, our back, our back four. So, I think right now there's a reason why, why Rashford always plays good in big games is because we don't have the flipping ball. We don't have the ball. We don't have the ball, and and the team we're playing against are pushing their centre backs up on the halfway line. That's cash money for Marcus Rashford. That's cash money because he's gonna kill them with that run once he gets in behind. They're not catching him. You know what I mean? Even yeah. if Stevie says his first touch wasn't good enough, his first touch was good enough to keep it away from both defenders. <laughs> <that was on. laughs> and it was going in the bottom corner whether Ben Wright touched the ball or not. Like you know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, so yeah, I feel like we've seen enough from Marcus Rashford to know what he's good at. Like I think in this scenario, if you got Marshall there, if you got Anthony, if you got Christian Eriksen, even Casemiro, I think that's enough guys. Lisandro Martinez, Malasia Dallo. I feel like that's enough guys that are technically secure enough that we could ha- that we could keep him off the ball. If that makes sense. Mm. All of those guys, even you get them, you get the ball to Marshall's feet, you get the ball to Anthony's feet, you get the ball to Christian Eriksen's feet. Dallo, they're all gonna look after it. You know what I mean? All of those guys, Dallo could progress it, Lisandro could progress it, Christian Eriksen could progress it. So that so Marcus Rashford only has to worry about being. A goal scoring threat. You don't have to remember right. the little remember the little Neymar cosplay he had running for a little bit where yeah. he was getting the ball on the halfway line and trying to like find men with through balls and yeah, yeah, that's not you, Marcus man. We could bend that experiment now. He's a good passer, but let's save that for the final third. Like like the pass for Anthony, like the pass for Jaden Sancho. 
Let's get him in them final third areas where he can provide that final. And he can pass. make stuff happen. You don't need there, to be the yeah, guy yeah. building our play in the second phase. You want him as close to goal as possible. Hundred percent. That's where you get. That's where you get the uh, the majority of his qualities that's, uh, that's, put to that's use. Same, that's the same issue with Sa- right Sancho. Like Jaden Sancho, he's probably of all our players in and around the box. He's probably the best player we have. But the issue I have with Sancho, he doesn't do anything to help us get there. Yeah. You know what I mean, like. If you can find him the ball in the final third, he'll make something happen. something happen. But help us get there, my boy. We'll make the right pass. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? But he's not, he's not, he's not dribbling guys, destabilizing the defense. He's not holding the ball up. Like, you know, he's not looking after it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't see him until you, you, you don't see him until he gets the ball in the final third. And then you know he's got the quality to make something happen. It's just when you're a winger, when you're Sancho's not like a forward as well. Rashford's a forward. Sancho's a playmaker. Mm. You have to help us create, like you know what I mean, like so that that's just that's just the issue I have right now with 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 Jaden. So I feel like if we're gonna look at our strongest front three, I feel like our front three is a big issue this season. I think games that we don't win, it's gonna be because we're not decisive in the final third. I think like our back four right now is probably the most solid back four we've had in a while. Agreed. Alexia, Martinez, Varane. Varane I feel like Dallo. we don't have to yeah. work. We, if someone's gonna say what's our strongest back four. Might someone might say Luke Shaw, but neither here nor there. Luke has been in years. He's had two good seasons. Like, let's be for real now. Mm. Right? Um, that's a solid back four. That we still got to figure out the issue of Casemiro, McTominay. I feel like if you're going to spend sixty million on Casemiro, he's got to be your first choice. Like, otherwise, what are we doing here? McTominay is making it hard for Ten Hag. He's to, doing to, well. To like, he, I, I'm not a hater. Like, McTominay's played well, but like, there's levels. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Casemiro, this guy's been starting for Real Madrid and Brazil for the last decade, half decade. You know what I mean? Like, there's a reason yeah. for that. Like, he's not worse than Scott McTominay. Let's be for real right now. Like, Facts. Um, so yeah, and I, I think that that Casemiro, Ericsson, Bruno, I feel. Quick I think Sorry, question. Yeah, no, I just wanted to ask you a question and ask. Well, actually, ask everybody a question. Is there a scenario? Like and let's say against a city or whatever, where you play McTominay and Casemiro together, does that ever work or does that ever exist? I don't see it, and I tell you why, because that means they're gonna have to drop one of Bruno or Ericsson. Yeah. As we've discussed, Ericsson can't get dropped, True. and it seems like Bruno won't get dropped. Mm. So, it's, it's, it but seems in like your ideal world, if I said you had to play Casemiro McTominay, who would what would you do? Like, how would you play? I feel like that. I feel like. That, that that midfield would be robust defensively, but mm-hmm. I feel like they still both kind of serve the same purpose. Mm-hmm. Like what Eric Ten Hag wants from both of them in the team is the same thing. He wants them mm-hmm. to be aggressive defensively. He wants them to block passing lanes, press aggressively, win headers, use like be useful in the air because you know we got like a small back four, a back, a back four mm-hmm. is the biggest beat. So like you don't need both of them for that. You yeah, have you have yeah. you have Casemiro and McTominay for that. You have Ericsson that is going to work hard off the ball, and he's going to progress the play. And you have Bruno who's going to be in the final third. He's going to make the final pass. He's going to mm. finish the chance. You know what I mean? Everyone in oh. Ten Hag's midfield serves a purpose, so I don't see the point of having two players that serve the same purpose. Same purpose. All right, cool. That's just yeah. I I I fully see it. I thought I saw a world where Bruno um would be dropped but he creates chances man and we're not a team that yeah. we're not a team that creates him in the so I say the funny thing about Bruno in this particular team right mm. is 
his deficiencies, especially in the games that we've been winning, have been like, like, like you can kind of cover them up a bit because because we're like playing well. I I I don't feel like everything goes through Bruno like right now. You can't keep think... getting away with it. Yeah, man, it's crazy, but man. You, I can. don't know. you can't keep getting away with it. <laughs> You know what? The reason why I have to appreciate him is because if Arsenal, hold on, God said Bruno. If Arsenal would have had Bruno when we played against Arsenal, they would have smashed us. You think so? I don't think they would have been able to keep the ball the way they did. Yeah, yeah, but no. But the thing is, they were missing somebody who was a risk taker. Odegaard very, very safe, and was getting to key areas. He just wasn't taking risks. So I appreciate Bruno in certain games. I don't feel like he should play every game. I feel like we need to do something where we swap him out, like, of certain games. Like, maybe, yeah, fucking hell, yeah. Maybe against, like, think, like the small... The thing is, is unpredictability, yeah. It's it, mad. Uh, against, like, against Arsenal, where we didn't create massive amount of chances, you kind of need him. Well, I don't want to say you need him, but his high-risk... Um, philosophy or style of football generates us a goal so you can almost forgive it i think it to, to reams's point we're in a better position than we were in last year because we have more players on the ball with technical security so we should in theory lose the ball less and i think when we get here's, here's my question for you stevie and for yeah. everyone here in your opinion based on what you've seen so far pre-season the type of players we've been linked with the type of football eric ten Hag has played in the past what type of football do you think we're trying to play like in an ideal world, when 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 we're at our, when we're operating at our our peak optimum, how do you think that's gonna look, or how do you think Tenag envisions that to look? Boy, like do you, think we're be, do you think we're gonna be a possession based team? Yeah, I think he wants no. us to be. Whether whether we whether we can be this season is a different story. Okay, so that's interesting. Okay, so if you want to be a possession based team, how what part of the pitch is the most important? In terms of maintaining that position, possession, would you say the mid, the midfield, right? Yeah. Can you be a possession-based team with a player like Bruno Fernandez in your midfield? No, but I don't. No, think I, think, I, think, I think Bruno. I think Bruno is a means to an end in this team. Yeah, I agree with you. Against Arsenal, they had the vast majority of the ball, right? Yes. Yeah. Bruno was decisive in every goal we scored. Yeah. He was decisive in that game because we didn't need to have the ball. Mm. Well, Every action Bruno made that was decisive. It was one touch, two touch. The first goal, he gets the mm. ball in the centre circle, dribbles it up, lays it off to Jadon Sancho. The second goal, receives the ball from Christian Eriksen, first time pass. The third goal, receives the ball from Cristiano Ronaldo, first time pass. Everything was quick, snappy, snappy. One touch, two touch. Mm. As soon as we actually really need to keep the ball and maintain pressure over teams, that's when his unpredictability... It can work out sometimes, but the vast majority of the time, he's sending the ball straight yeah. back to the team. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that completely takes away the pressure that you're trying to build, right? So my my question is, when this team is opera, because we we all appreciate that this season is a is a growing stage, is a mm. working stage, learning curve, we're improving, we haven't got the, the the right profiles yet. When this team is operating at its peak premium, do you envision Bruno Fernandez being a part of that? Bro, for no. three years I've been telling these men no. I know, and we've discussed it in the chat. I need to see Jaden Sancho operating centrally for this team in this league. I don't know who we sell Bruno Fernandez to, but that for me is where we get the best out of Jaden Sancho. 
and we're still able to be a team that had the qualities that Ten Hag wants us to achieve. But to be able to be in that position, we need to have more creativity than we currently have in the team. Like if we took Bruno Fernandes out of the team now, where are our chances really coming from? Sancho doesn't do anything. He will go a whole game and he doesn't do anything at all. Ericsson will play a few dangerous balls in, right? Mm-hmm. You get a bit out of Malaysia. Anthony hasn't really impressed so far. So we need Bruno. And this is the reason why he stayed in the team for so long, to be honest with you. We needed him all this time because he's the only one, as sloppy as he is, he creates chances. And yeah, there was yeah. a conversation I was seeing the other day where somebody said, there's a difference between a playmaker and a chance creator. And they are not necessarily the same player at the same time. Yeah, and we yeah. see that with Bruno Fernandes. We see that with Bruno Fernandes. So as long as this team is lacking and starving for creativity, he's going to play. Like you said, yeah, he's, a yeah, mean, yeah. He's, a mean, he's a means to an end. He has to win games. For Ten Hag to be here next year to get the opportunity to improve the team and get closer to where he wants us to be, he has to win games this season. So I agree, players I agree. this season are going to help me achieve that? And Bruno no, Fernandes I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I just want to see that when we actually get to that end... I don't see him as part of it. His... Is he, he going to be a part of that? No. Nah, I don't think so. Neither do I. Neither do I. Bruno's just... His, his, for me, his negatives outweigh those qualities. Like, what you, what you have to do... You know what reminds me of, Mario? Yeah, it reminds me of... Remember that period of time when Barcelona signed Alexis Sanchez and he played a lot of games initially? Yeah, you, but, but you were in Barca. You were in Barca. As soon as they got Neymar, he was... He was out of there. You ain't Barca, really. Yeah, yeah. you ain't really Barca. You do some stuff, but you ain't really Barca, are you? Yeah, that's that's a. Uh, and Alexis Sanchez, Alexis Sanchez will make us, will make something happen. Like he'll try it. He'll he'll not. He'll never stop trying. Trust me, swivel. If the chip, if the chip through ball, if the chip through ball flops ten times, he's trying it the eleventh time. Like you know what I mean. That's <laughs> <awesome. Yeah. sighs> bro, bro, that's that's where we are now. It's gonna be a. I don't know how I feel now in regards to it. I guess we can, we've seen a lot of kind of interesting starts to the season. So obviously Chelsea have sacked their manager. They brought in Graham Potter. Liverpool, clearly not the team that they've been in previous years. I think in our chat, we've kind of maintained that expectation that we're the sixth best team in the big six. Does anyone see us? We need to revise that Liverpool and Chelsea look knackered. Nah, they look tired. Nah, we've had the worst field in the top six for years. But that midfield combo right now of Milner and Henderson at Liverpool, oh my God. And Fabinho. Fabinho looks like he's 45. Someone says the best midfielder right now is Jeff Hardy. (laughs) (laughs) It's scary. They need, yeah, boy, they need salvation. They got salad That being said is that you know, when they come back from injuries, I, I, I do feel like they, they will go on a late run. Um, I, I, I'm interested just to see Potter's games. Like, the, 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 the benefit that Chelsea have is that Potter plays with a back three anyway, right? So, and he's not used to I, working with top quality strikers anyway. Well, that's the thing. I want to see where that, what happens with that because he, he's not used to certain things. I want to see how long it takes him to, to bed in and and where they land. But I, I generally feel like we're good enough to reach top four uh, now. Here's my, here's my thing with Potter. Yeah. I feel like if you're Chelsea, you kind of have to see the season as a bit of a write-off. And mm. yeah. and let's let's be for real right now. Potter isn't like a Jose Mourinho or Conte. Like, you bring him in if you want to win now immediately. Like, mm. he's, he's, a, he's a coach you build something. Yeah, coach you build it like and and his and his philosophy and his and his 
style of play and what he wants his players to do, you don't learn that overnight. Like, you ain't going to learn that. It's not Conte that he could come in and plug and play any player mm. philosophy and win you a title in one season. It's not going to be like that. Agreed. Like, so if they're going to, if, they, if they've if they spent big money to get him out there, they've brought his entire staff. They brought his assistants. Yeah. They brought his head of recruitment. They brought his, they bought in on Graham Potter, on the Graham Potter yeah. experience. So they have to give him a chance. You know what yeah. I mean? So this season, they might have to not, if you don't, if you finish sixth this season, you might have to hold that. Like, you know what I mean? Next season, give him a chance to get a transfer window in the summer, maybe bring in a few more of his own players and see where and see where and see how you've progressed in that year. Mm. You can't, if, you've, if you're going to make such a drastic decision to get rid of a coach that you won the Champions League with, bring in, uh, is experimental the right word? Say experimental risk. Coach? It's a risk. A risk, that's the right, it's a risk. You have to give it a chance. Like, you know what I mean? So I feel like for this season, I don't feel like, I don't feel like we have to worry about Chelsea for this season. All right. Well, that's, that's actually a good, it's a good point. Mm. So I'm saying it's def- definitely a good point. That's why I say I want to see what, what they look like and what do you think? Do you not think, do you not think they have enough quality for him to get, even, even though it won't, won't be the final version of Potable, they don't have enough quality to, for him to get attuned to where they finish in the top four? 100% they do, they do. They do. Especially, especially in like that back five, there's lots of quality there. Mm. There's lots of quality there. Um, uh, in the attacking line, they got Raheem Sterling. But, like, I think the main thing Chelsea's missing right now is a playmaker. They have loads of play finishers. Yeah. Sterling, Obama Yang, even Kai Havertz. They have lots of play finishers, but they don't really have no playmakers. So, I think yeah. that's the biggest area they need to address. Yeah, I think yeah. they're going to struggle to score to score tons of goals, to be honest. Same, I agree. That, I agree. At back five, like, player for player, they look good, but they haven't really gelled as a unit thus far. Um, and obviously, with Potter coming in, they're going to have to transform their way of playing again. So, there's going to be... Way worse players than that ball in that back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> way worse players than what Chelsea got in that back five ball in that <laughs> Um, they're gonna have to adjust, but yeah, I think I think they're good enough to be in 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 and around that top four race. But I think it brings us closer to it. So, is there any so on this call? Do you guys feel like we're in the top four battle, or are we still outside it? I think we're right in the thick of it. You think we're in the mixer? Yeah, yeah. I feel so, like we're. I think if you told me now, I feel like we're four or five. So it's like so if four, here's a question: If you were going to put your eggs in one basket, would it be the league or Europa? Logically, you'd go over a, a league season over a knockout competition. Hundred percent. I, I feel like I feel like Europa is an easier route to the Champions League, but it's also a yeah. more risky one because yeah, one or two games you're out in the Premier League. You could you could afford to lose six seven games and still make top four. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like we need to attack both competitions head on. I'm being real. Like, they're Agreed. both they're avenues. Like, I don't think we should prioritize one over the other. Like, we need to. You to yeah, you have to give yourself the best opportunity to make the Champions League. And that's by going for it in both competitions. Do you guys think, I know we're talking so early because there's still a lot of football to be played. Do you guys think we go back into the market in January? We have no, to. We never buy in January. We know, yeah. We never do. And we've spent. What we near we wanted to spend? Oh yeah, but we was on our knees. We literally yeah, we had nothing. I feel like the knees. I feel like the forward line and the right back issue. Apparently, actually, I've seen we've been linked with Santiago Arias, who's a free agent. So I think we can sign him now. 
we'll, we'll see. I, I, I just, I, I don't see us buying in general. Cause I feel like yeah. Ten Hag pressured these men, and yeah. I'm sure these men made some concessions in regards to next year's budget. So next year's budget is going to be looking meek. They gave Ten Hag everything he wanted except for an out of it. That's the only one that they kind of said now. Nah, yeah, yeah, literally, he, yeah. He, he, they, he, they gave him the keys, in it. But with that, that bro, that comes out of cost, in it, man. They t- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Next year, I'll be surprised. If next year's probably, probably net. Net zero, whoever you can sell from Arrow. We're, we're, having, a, we're having another we're having another summer Fred Dallow Lee Grant. <laughs> we have another one of them summers. <laughs> you know what? I, apparently he was talking in the interview and he was like 200 million is light, my boy. Like what That's you have to just yeah. like, could you get me 200 million? That's light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Let's uh look ahead. Um, not look ahead, actually discuss some comments that have come out from players who are still with us and players who have left. We'll start with Eric Bailly is always a, a, a cult favourite. Um, he's at Marseille now, wishing him all the best. Hopefully, he can stay fit. Um, the club, so what you said, the club should avoid favouring English players and give everyone a chance. Encourage competition in the dressing room, not just look out for some. I've always had the feeling that the national player was prioritised. That doesn't happen at Chelsea or other big Premier League clubs. Some people take it for granted that they're going to start and that weakens the team. Luckily, Ten Hag has a lot of character and I hope he can change that dynamic. I met Ten Hag in a dressing room at the end of last season when he went to sign his contract. I was packing my things because my intention was to leave, but he told me he wanted me to stay because he was going to give minutes to everyone. I agreed to do the summer tour with United and he kept his word, but I don't want to play every now and then. I want to do it every week and feel important. I want to get my confidence back. So obviously he's no longer with us. He hasn't really spared uh, or minced his words there. I think when he talks about internationals, it's obvious who he's talking about. Right. So he, 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 You I, could I, have I, said Maguire's name and been less obvious. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think my take on this is kind of like a right message, wrong messenger kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eric didn't really help himself. Like he was, every every opportunity he got to play, he, he got injured. Like to be for real, like he, there was chat on um, summer nineteen that summer that we signed Maguire and Wan Bissaka. He's he he was at our main centre back during preseason. Remember that? Yeah, and he injured himself during some kamikaze tackle. Yeah, yeah, like he injured himself during some. I don't know if we can swear on it, but he ended up doing some fuckery in preseason. Yeah, you can swear. And that's just been the story of his time. Every time he's come, he's had a good performance here and there. Next thing you know, he's injured again. Like, so I, I feel like if he was fit and ready to play every game and was consistently on the bench, then I'd hear him out. I feel like maybe Dallo, if Dallo said this, I'd get it because Wan Bissaka played every single game and like Oli refused to to drop him. Like, you know what I mean? Even though like you never give Dallo a chance, like you know what I mean. But Bailly, like, there's the in the time that Maguire has been there, every year's talk about Maguire. Lindelof's played plenty of games. Tuanzebe's played games. There's there, there, there's been Maguire's played every game, but like the other centre back spot has kind of been open. Like you know what I mean? Mm. Signed Varane. Like you know what I mean? The other centre back spot has been open. Like Bailly's never been around long enough to really hold that spot down. It's, it's, it's and Lindelof is, Lindelof is not English, like, so, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's hard for him. I think there's one time I remember when Maguire got injured and we rushed him back rather than play Bailly. Um, but I think the issue's been, like you said, Maguire, for the most part, is fit every single week. And no manager is going to build a team around a player who you can't rely on being fit week in, week out. Because more, more so than even ability, 
actually being available <laughs> is probably a manager's first priority, right? Unless you're fucking like a mercurial talent who takes the team up several levels. I'm going to go with a back two pairing that I know are going to play week in, week out, and they have an opportunity to familiarise themselves with each other's game. So I agree with you in terms of Eric Bailly. He is probably right, but it's like, yeah, hey, you're not... Hey, hey, hey. We can call a spade a spade. Oli didn't want to drop the guys he signed. He didn't want to drop yeah. the guys he didn't want to drop one That's true. But yeah. I don't think Bailly should be the one that should feel the most... <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I hear you. Yeah, because everyone just says, like you just said, Bro, you were injured the whole time. What 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 more did you want us to really do uh, with you or for you? And then the other comments are from a player who's actually still with us um, in Tony Martial. I want to say he's having a little resurgence, but he hasn't really done anything yet. I think obviously his preseason play. Stocks, his stocks have actually never been higher, and he hasn't played. Do you know what? Not playing is the best thing for a player's reputation. I was about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> when you're not in the team. People can hypothesize about the impact you could potentially have, right? People still thought Joe Gomez was cold. <laughs> yeah, now look at him. Now look at him. They want that guy hung and quartered, man. So, <laughs> now, big so... man thing, that shocker he dropped in Napoli, yo. For the ages. Yo. That was one for the ages. That's ab- mad. Absolutely, absolutely insane. So, Martial has not really minced his words at all in regards to how he's feeling. So, just. Gave a real overview of his whole time at Manchester United. Um, I'm not irreproachable, he told France Football. When people say that I lack consistency, it's true. When I have my place, it often goes well. But when I've been used less, it is true that my performance has not been the same. It's a vicious circle. I'm less efficient because I play less and therefore I play even less. When it's like that, I can sometimes drop out a bit. A player like Adinson Cavani, he's at 3,000% even when given a few minutes. Marshall has often come into criticism for his body language, you know, laid back, whatever we say about his gloves. Um, basically, I have to play, I have to display my disappointment after missed opportunity. So people say, ah, he doesn't really care. I'll tell you simply, I'm a footballer. I'm not an actor. A lot of people think you have to be a comedian. And I see players who show their rage so that the public and the media think they're motivated. All the media circus does not interest me. I cannot change to please others. Um, there's loads of comments, but let's start with those. So what I really like about him is that he didn't shy away from where he's under-delivered. I think we can all admit that he has under-delivered in some areas. Um, but also, self-aware as well. So he knows what people say about him in regards to him. Like, he don't want it enough. Duh, 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 duh. So those were the first comments. I don't know if you guys wanted to um, add anything in regards to that before I go into the rest of the comments. I, I, like, I, like I kind of like Marshall speaking because I, I saw a, a, a comment from Talksport. I think it was Simon Jordan, that 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 bitter old man about mm. oh he needs to stop speaking. I said, what? When does Marshall ever speak? Really? Like he never. And this is like the first bit of personality I think I'm seeing. Like in six, he, seven years, bro. Yeah, I, didn't yeah, even like, know, so. I didn't even know that guy was so articulate, but they told me. Bro, when he dropped irreproachable, I said, What did he do this interview in English? I, I, didn't, then, I, I didn't see if there's video footage of this interview. If he's <laughs> saying his word. <laughs> cool. Um, so there, as he said, um, or earlier, he probably said, Left too early for Manchester United? Question mark. I don't think so. Otherwise, I would have messed up when I arrived. However, I'm ha- having a good first season. I'm scoring 17 goals and delivering 13 assists. If you're not ready, you're not doing this, right? 
I had a great relationship with Louis Van Gaal the first season. I love to learn, and when a gentleman like him takes the time to make me watch videos of my matches to explain things to me, it is the best. Once he made me come to the video to set me on fire when I had scored a double, he wanted to talk to me about running angles, movement, zones, etc. I said I understood, and he said he liked my character. Uh, talks about his issues with Mourinho. It started with the story of the number. During the holidays, he sends me a message to ask me if I want to take 11. Explaining to me it's great because it's legend Ryan Giggs. I tell him that I have the greatest respect for Giggs, but that I prefer to keep my number nine. When I return to the club, I see my jersey with a number 11. The story did not start well. He disrespected me straight up. He was talking about me in the press. He likes these games, but he also knows who he is doing it with. He knows that I'm a 20-year-old and that if I say something, it is I who will pass for the young person who lacks respect. The second season, I was the team's top scorer in the first part of the season. He brought in Alexis Sanchez and hardly played anymore. Mondial, it cost me dearly. I should have been there. He's talking about the World Cup. The last two seasons, I've regularly played injured. People don't know that I couldn't accelerate during the four months following the COVID season. Coach Sosar tells me that he needs me, so I play. Given my game, if I can't accelerate, it becomes very complicated and I get set on fire. The coach never bothered to tell the media. Obviously, I end up getting injured too good and when I come back, I don't play anymore. I took it very bad. I had a feeling of injustice. You are asked to sacrifice yourself for the team and behind you're dismissed. For me, it's almost treachery. That's all I hate. I can be blamed, but not for being fake. Let's go right to the top. First, obviously, he's kind of talking about his first season when he came through, uh, did really well under Louis Van Howe, and he really kind of specifies the fact that Louis Van Howe takes the time to go through the film with him. And it's not just enough for you to grab two goals. He's still going to come to you and tell you the things you didn't do well. No, those guys, they're perfectionists. Yeah, it's not one yeah. of the, you know when we, you watch a game and a lot of the time when you watch a game, Bruno Fernandez fans, he scores, he had a good game, he didn't score. They don't care about anything else, bro. Exactly, he's good. it's crazy, it's crazy. With Van Gaal, you could score no goals and have a fantastic game and you could score two goals and have a good game, but he's going to take the time to break that down to you and he probably hasn't had that since Louis Van Gaal. Um, so I guess from my perspective, what makes me feel good is that I feel like he'd have somebody like that who's obsessed with the details in Eric Ten Hag. Um, he then goes on to talk about uh, his time under Jose Mourinho, obviously taking the... Because I don't know if you guys remember, that summer, he started to try and do like a Marshall 9 sort of branding sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and then he got switched to the number 11, which is hilarious. Um, and then he obviously talks about the fact that that second season, he was bagging goals from the left and he was playing for France. We bring in... Oh, uh, Alexis Sanchez, he loses his place in the French squad, they go on to win the World Cup. Probably he's never gotten over that um, because who knows if, how successful they're going to be going forward. Um, and basically he speaks on Oli playing him injured. Um, do you remember when he, post-COVID, we will say, this guy can't run. What's happened to him? He's not even, he can't even move anymore. Then when he came on that game against West Ham and he was able to run again, I was, I was surprised. I literally thought he was finished. They speak, spoke on obviously Oli um, overplaying him. Um, yeah, uh, he spoke on Oli overplaying him and basically not actually telling people that he was injured and him getting all the flat. So he really kind of went into his whole time at Manchester United. Like you guys said, he hasn't done it before, so I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but it sounds like he cares. But I wanted to get you lots thoughts, really, because this is a player we haven't heard a lot from speaking up quite a bit. 
I think everything he said is kind of stuff we already like suspected. Like Louis van Gaal is very good at working with young players, players that are still working on their game, still developing. Whereas Jose Mourinho is the opposite. He's good at working with experienced players that he knows what he's going to get from. And he maybe doesn't know how to connect with younger players as much. And he always ends up clashing with them. So that, that, and the whole, I can't, I think we all assumed that he was upset about the number thing, but no one's ever actually come out and like said it in it. Like, it was just kind of common sense. So this is the first time he's come out and said, like, yo, like, I felt violated by that. So we all we all could kind of see that as well. Like, it's kind of mad that that might affect his performance, but I guess it would affect his relationship with the coach, which then could affect his performance. So, yeah. um, The Oli thing, though, is very interesting. That's deep, man. That is very interesting. We need to unpack that because this shows a consistency in behaviour from Oli that mm. negatively affected. We thought, I thought it was just Rashford, but... Yeah, with Rashford, I kind of thought Rashford was might might have been his own worst enemy as well, because like you know this is a guy he's like he'll die on the line like even if he's injured you'll still want to play through it and like blah 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 blah. But now that we know that there was like a pattern of the coach actively encouraging players to play through injuries because his job was on the line kind of thing, it then becomes a bit more problematic because now you start thinking like yo like this guy is actually like hindered the future of like some of our most important players like it. It's Rashford, Martial. Who else played through injury? He brought he brought Varane back from an injury too soon. There was um, um there's the Rashford interview after the Europa League final, isn't it, where he's talking about like five, six bodies in the changing room having played through injury all okay. season. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's like <laughs> it just it just exacerbates like this this issue that that social was and it's bizarre from social as well, because from a guy who seems like such like his best skill was apparently his man management. I don't understand. It's probably because they liked him so much why they did it. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. Man manipulation. Yeah. That's what yeah. we're calling it. Because they like him, they play through injury and you have to realise this guy was fighting for his life. So, so, so I wonder... I wonder from social, like, is it is it shrewd and, like, conniving? Like, does he know what he's really doing? Or is it, like, for does. him... Or is it for him, like, he's kind of thinking, like, there's no other way out for me? Do you know he's what I mean? He's desperate. I think he was desperate, man. Yeah. Of course he was. It's like, when you're a manager of a team, like, and you need somebody who's maybe done already 10 hours to keep working, you're not going to say, please keep working. You're going to be like, well, obviously, it'd be good if you could. And then there's some, you kind of guilt them into doing it for you. Um, yeah. So I've been only once upon a time in my life. I don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> but <laughs> basically... Oh, somebody's already done 40 hours to so give me give me 10 more, please, man. So uh, <laughs> even a young five. <laughs> yeah, you definitely hours, ran him into the ground, boy. That's his yeah, prime. I've run people into the ground. I ain't proud of it. Um, but I needed you to I needed you to do the job. You're the only one who could do the job. Um, what I think was nasty is that he never necessarily came out and defended these players. You know, he never necessarily because I remember when Marshall couldn't run, he, we were finishing that guy. We were absolutely dragging him, bro. We're like, you're 25 years old and you can't run. This guy's yeah, pathetic. He, said he's he, looked finished. he looked so washed. <laughs> and now you know he's playing with injury. And you can get why. If you put all this stuff together, like his experience across the various coaches, add on top of that, the toxic environment. That's... You can tell why he wanted to leave. You could tell why he wanted out of here. Because really, since Van Howe, he hasn't really been treated right. He feels like when he you look at coach. Mourinho, that cost winner's medal. Yeah, he hasn't been coached. Like, 
of the, the one year he had under LVG, that's probably the one year that if yeah. you if you even listen to his words, he probably that's like the one year he's like, yeah, where I really sat down with a coach that believed in me, wanted me to improve, spoke to me with respect, and we had like a mutual understanding. Like since then, there's just been Jose Mourinho running his dictatorship and Oli running yeah. his his plantation. Like you know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, it's, been, it's been mad. <laughs> and the same, yeah. like, I guess the same goes for Rashford as well, right? Like both of them in. Critical. Oh, you, you, you sound reluctant to say that, Stevie. Like, it's almost been full time. It's a fair point. No, it's, no, it's, no. Facts. it's facts. You have to remember, Marcus Rashford skipped every stage of his development as a football player. Like, yeah. mm. he was fast tracked throughout every stage of his development. Like, he needed someone that really sat him down and explained to him what he was good at, what he wasn't good at, and really coached mm. him to be the best version of himself as a footballer. He's kind of just been freelancing throughout most of his professional career. Yeah. Facts. I think it's, it's, it's no. Bar that COVID period, that when they came back, it's no surprise that other than that, their best season. Yeah, the best seasons, best seasons were under LVG, weren't they? Um, well, yeah, and seasons, certainly, and that's when they looked most promising. Yeah, they were kids. So, how much have we suffered? How much have we capped their potential with what they've had to experience for the five, six years post LVG? What players might they have been? Um, you know, it's scary. Yeah, I don't know if it's as scary as your mic right now, but um, <laughs> he's having a he's having a bit of a mess, isn't he? I think the issue, the, the scary thing about with me with Marshall now is, do we think he's ever gonna get back to being a player that could start 32, 33, 34 games in a league season again? Like, do you think? Playing through that injury has has finished him. I think he's still young enough to. We just we we got to have a big enough squad where we don't, and that that's a problem with this season, right? You know what? When Van Persie, when Robin Van Persie was the same age, he had the yeah. same similar injury problem as I see it happen with Robin, like uh, yeah, yeah, before. like they get to like 27, 28, then they're just playing thirty eight games a season, like yeah, <laughs> man, I've seen it happen, man. So I've got faith. I see that happen. I hope so. We've got talent, man. We've got talent. And this, I guess, was the conversations we were having at the start of the season after the two wins, uh, the two losses. And we were saying these players are so bad. There is talent in this squad, man. And if there's a manager who I feel can get more out of them, it's definitely um, Eric Ten Hag. Let's just finish up. Just a one listener's question this week. Uh, we used to get hella questions when we lose. Getting 20 listeners' questions when you lose. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? There were listeners' questions for hours. That's when you get the listeners' questions from the other pods as well. Everyone's doubling up. Shabs was asking questions. I was chasing him down after the Arsenal game to get his thoughts. Guy only just responded to me today. Shit's scary, man. So it's just one question from the Adani guy. He's a long-time listener. Shout him out. We've seen Malaysia's positives. What do you think are or could be his negatives? I think right now, Malaysia, he's... I think he's he got into the team... A bit ahead of a bit of ahead of schedule. Sure, so bad and so unreliable. Like he literally mm. got catapulted into the team. I said this in the group chat. Like I think maybe for the first month of the season, Malassia is not going to be a starter. Sure, sure played his way out of the team within two games. Like you know what I mean. So, <laughs> so I think 
when Molasio got brought into the team, Ten Hag just wanted someone to come in and be a steady presence back then. Just be steady. He's playing inverted. You know what I mean? He's just there to like be able to like break up counter attacks, defend one v one aggressive defensively. Be a steady defensive presence, and he's been great defensively. We've not seen the best of him going forward yet, and a lot of people are starting to be like, "Oh, he's like one Bissaka, blah blah blah." Well, first of all, there's two major differences. He can receive the ball in so many different places and 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 look after it. Look after it, play a little reverse pass to Martinez. You know, when he's dribbling with his back to go, he can throw a little shimmy like to lose someone that's on his back. Like he's comfy on the ball. You can see that already. And that's before even getting into the stuff he could do in the final third. If you watch him at Feyenoord, go watch his highlights at Feyenoord and look at the consistency of his quality in the final third. He's he's a quality player right now. He's just kind of easing his way. Just like, just like, he's kind of like indicative of kind of like the whole team right now because we're not playing champagne football yet. We're not mm. playing possession football, build from the back football. We're kind of playing in within ourselves and then there'll be a, like a flash, a move where we'll put together two, three good passes. You know what I mean? So mm. as the team improves and the team becomes more expansive and becomes more confident, you'll see... Malassia, well, I'm not. I'm not worried about Malassia going forward at all. I was more worried about how he would look defensively because he's rash. He's a bit aggressive, and other than Saka, where he got up tight and Saka kind of had the technical quality and the athleticism kind of match him. And even in that game, he adapted. You know he, I mean? he grew into it, didn't he? he I think it, yeah. this is what I was saying in the chat the other day is that. You have to watch the game again without your emotions because yeah. on the first watch, he got cooked for ninety minutes. I didn't watch the game live. I watched it back and I was thinking... That's probably, that's probably why when I was watching it live, I was like, this guy is getting cooked, man. But, but there's, three, there's three times I can think of. There's one time when Saka got the ball, Malassia got tight on him. He kind of slowed it down and burst past him on the outside. Yep, right that was the first draw. one, yeah. There's another one where Saka got the ball, slowed him down again, shifted him to the right and exploded back on the inside. Malassia like clicked at his ankles, fouled him. And there's another one where like, it was weird, like the ball came back in and the ball was falling out of the air. The Malassia like kind of like rushed out to the edge of the box, and Saka kind of just controlled it, took it back to the side and flashed it across the goal again with his right foot. Mm, Those yeah. were three occasions in 90 yeah. minutes. But like there's another occasion where Saka was through on goal, Malassia made a sick recovery tackle. Yeah, he I went at the end, Rashford's through on goal. Like he he got he got cooked a few times, but he kept he got, competing, he got, you know he what I mean? Something, but he left with something still. He left with something, like you know what I mean? Like yeah, he's, so like he's he's and like he's 23 years old, new league, new expectations. You know, the team's trying to get 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 some solid ground, some solid footing. We're not trying to ship four goals to newly promoted teams anymore. Like he's he's been solid so far, you know what I mean? Like when the, if the team starts playing well and his and his offensive contribution is still minimal, then that's when you have to worry because you're thinking, okay, the team's progressing, the team's developing, why aren't you? You know what I mean? But for right now, I think where he is is kind of symptomatic of where the team is. And as the team gets a bit more expansive, you'll see he's a quality, he's a quality crosser, a quality passer, first time crosses across the floor, always picks out a man, like you know what I mean. So could progress the ball, press resistant, like I don't know. I don't know. Like I love lot, it. I watched him, I watched him lot, once. These lots boyfriend Luke Shaw isn't getting his place back in the team. They can forget about it. If Malassia turns out to be a dud. Ten Hag will sign a new left back. 
Like, yeah, Luke Shaw's era. Luke Shaw's era. He's had his chance. It's been 10 years now. Let's pack it in. It's done. I caught him one game in that Conference League final against Roma with no context. I said, who is this guy? He was absolutely electric. He was absolutely electric. I was on the main pod. I was on Mugga crying. Let's get this guy in. He's not going to cost us more than 15 million or so. And we got him in. So it's one of them rare times where you've wanted your club to sign a player. And we've actually, we actually gone and signed him. So I'm I'm all in, man. I'm all in. And I think he's only going to go from strength to strength. Once he gets a bit of dynamic movement in front of him from whoever's on the left side, <clears throat> not Jaden Sancho, he'll, again, go That's up. Great, a, great point. Great. Malassia is really good at that, like, pass with his instep where he kind of like, yeah. wraps it around defences as well. Yeah. And guess who's good at making them runs? Yeah. Behind. Rashford, like you know what I mean? Like Rashford's played how many games has Rashford played on the left wing this season? Two? I think it's the first the first two. First so. one. I, the first I one? I don't think he played the second there, did he? No, I think Rashford, I think Rashford, no, Eric Christian Eriksen started force nine. Yeah, yep. and then the first second game. one. He went the second game, front. Ronaldo started up front. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. yeah Liverpool yeah. Rashford started up front. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But Malassia didn't start either either the first two games. Malassia, no, he didn't. He Malassia's first start was against Liverpool. So he was part of the move to revamp the team, and we've yeah. and we've seen that we've reaped the benefits ever since. So yeah, I think we've got a potential gem there, and we're just gonna watch him get, get from strength to strength as the team improves, as he continues to improve, man. So lads, we got the midweek game against Sheriff. Hopefully, we get that win and we maybe see um some improved performances from some players who haven't started the season so well. But if you told us after six league games with the list of teams we had on the board that we'd have 12 points, I think all of us would have been very happy with that. I think um, not only would we have been happy with that, it's the defeat in two teams in the top six at home as well. I know we like getting a win. Let's say it, Steve. We beat the Ox. I take a loss to Brighton, but a loss to flipping Arsenal any day, man. It's to win games at Old Trafford as well, man. It's nice, isn't it? They can hold They can hold them. Miss that up. They can hold them. That's always a pleasure. Peace. It defies description. How about Martial is isolated? Skirtle here. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Sports Social Podcast Network.